Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Welcome to Season 2 of Spirit Katana. Uh, things are changing up this time around. Last season we started in Luke, went to Acts, and went through the New Testament uh, chapter by chapter, like we would do groups of chapters. And this time we're actually going to go heading by heading, which means things are going to get a little wonky at times, because not all our headings are going to match, because we use different Bibles and different translations. But I think that might create some cool discussion and stuff as well, um, and create some different insights, because some sections will be split apart more and some will be grouped together more. Um... And then we'll be just trying to answer some questions that we get out of it, like what who God is, or what he think he's doing in our lives, or things, or what he wants us to know, things like that. Uh, also, this season we have another change as well because we are bringing in a new member to the cast, Rosella. Say hi, Rosella. Hi. And then of course we still have Jade Fire. Hello. And Ruby. Hello. And of course me, the old man. Um. And warning, old man might die during podcast. <laughs> Let's hope not. Um, anyway, so we are starting with Matthew 1, and this one was tricky. Like, we were going to do, like, heading by heading and try to pull information out, and what did we get? A genealogy. And everybody knows how easy it is to pull information out of a genealogy. Now I know. Yes, there's definitely usefulness to a genealogy. There's good stuff in genealogy. Plenty of people can. But most of the time, and... A lot of time, well, a lot of people I know that I've talked to at least are like, "Oh man, list of names, great. What am I getting out of this?" <laughs> but let's go ahead and start with the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, Jadefire. What did you pull out of this section? All right, I got it. The genealogy of Jesus. Question: What can you learn about God? Answer: That He knows everyone and they're ever like they're. Down to their tiniest details. They know their life. They know everything about everybody. Especially those on the list. Or nice. Um, I've pulled that out because of the list. Yep. The list of people. Sure. And obviously if Matthew knew the list, then God knows the list, right? And knows mm -hmm. Jesus' genealogy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he knows us all. All our insides, outsides, everything. Rosella, what do you got? Um, I'm going to guess you and Ruby probably have similar answers to me since I had to help you guys. <laughs> yeah, we weren't able to quite figure out our answers. Yeah. Because um, genealogy is hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what do I pull out of this? But I have, you do not have to be perfect for God to use you for something awesome. Absolutely true. Um, But yes, you don't have to be perfect for God to use you for something awesome. Uh, he has plans for us all. We can all be involved in something awesome. Sometimes we won't even know what awesome thing we're involved in because it won't happen in our lifetime, maybe. But we will be used. Well, how do you know that? Well... How do you know that the people in Jesus' line weren't perfect? Well, um, David, yeah, he killed Goliath, but he also was sleeping with another man's woman, and he 
then the woman had a baby, and he um, put that the man the woman was married to out in front of the battle. And what happened to him then? He died. Yep. So basically, David murdered him. Yeah. Because he told him, well, he commanded things to be done in a way that he would die. And you know what? You know who was born from that? Jesus. No. Jesus is much further down. Do you know who David's son was from that woman? No. Solomon, another magnificent king. Like, he was, he had plenty of problems as well. But he was a very, very wise king and sought God's wisdom. He even asked for it, which is why he got it. I think I know the flaws of Solomon, actually. Um... But yeah, Solomon was a very wise king, but he also got to reign in a time of peace, thanks to David. Um, and he accumulated a lot of money. He also built the temple for God, right? God's mm-hmm. temple. What but did... he also had a lot of wives and other women. Well, that wasn't disobeying God. Kings were not supposed to have many wives. Oh. And he had a ton. And they were from foreign places, a lot of them, which you weren't supposed to do as well. He definitely was breaking rules because his some of his wives worshipped other gods, and then he started to turn to worship other gods too. Not very wise of him. I thought he was supposed to be wise. He was wise, but he also made some very foolish mistakes. Um, because he's also the one that wrote most of Proverbs, most of the Proverbs we have, which is a book of wisdom. It has all these things that we should live by, right? Mm-hmm. Most of that's him because he learned it. <laughs> and then there's some debate on whether or not Ecclesiastes is written by him or about him or whatever. But it's usually applied to Solomon being the main person that has the wisdom in uh, Ecclesiastes as well. And I love Ecclesiastes. So I'm glad Solomon existed, even if he messed up. We all mess up, right? <laughs> but there's two people, David and Solomon, that screwed up, and Jesus came from that line. <laughs> yep. Um, and Ruby, what do you got? Anything new, uh, um, extra to add to that? Pretty much the same, that it doesn't matter who you are, like, or your background, as long as you accept Jesus. You're clean, basically, and... Mm. I mean, that wasn't exactly the case back then because, well, this is the genealogy of Jesus. Right, <laughs> he hadn't right. died yet, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, that's basically the same idea, which is why I kind of helped lead you down that thought process. Um, but uh, I also had, if Jesus can be perfect despite all the messed up stuff in his family line, that means none of us can blame our own families for our sin because a lot of people do that especially as they get older you probably haven't got to that point yet but when you're older it'll be easy to be like well my dad did this wrong and he was super harsh to me or he beat me i don't beat you but you know what i mean like (laughs) but like there are parents who do beat their children and so they'll blame them for the the things that they do or that they had anger problems or that they just didn't be they weren't ever around so they never really talked to them or did anything with them and so they resent them for it and blame them for all the problems they have instead of actually fixing it. Because we all have a new lease on life, basically, with Jesus. Jesus resurrects ourselves because we were dead to sin, right? We do not have to continue the things that our parents did that were wrong. It's okay to continue to do what they're doing that's right. That's great. <laughs> but you don't want to necessarily continue the bad patterns that you had. And you can't blame them for it either. Just because they did it and it makes it harder for you not to do those things doesn't mean that you can use them as an excuse to continue to be that way. All right, let's move on to the second section. Joseph accepts Jesus as his son. Rosella, why don't you start this time? I did not know that part of this was to fulfill a prophecy. Mm, yeah, God does. Jesus fulfills a lot of prophecy. Um, this one was what? The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which comes from Isaiah. So that means Isaiah wrote this way, way before this all happened, and then Jesus was born to fulfill this prophecy. But like with a prophet, 
to prove that they're a true prophet, the things that they prophesy have to come true to know that they're a true prophet. And so it's likely something similar to a virgin giving or conceiving a child also happened. But I, th I think there was some story about it, and I don't remember the history here, but I think there's something about how a woman does give birth to a child, and she was a virgin, but of course she had gotten a child through the normal means, so she was no longer a virgin, but she was a virgin that first time, and then she conceived a child and gave birth. I think that's how that went. I could be totally wrong. Listeners, if I'm wrong, go ahead and email us, Hunterfield manner at gmail.com or you know comment on youtube or whatever go ahead and rip me apart on that one because i could be totally off base <laughs> um anyway do it <laughs> do it yeah i would love to be corrected and understand better you know, about that prophecy specifically um so yeah jesus fulfilled a ton of prophecy um ruby what do you got for the second section i have um well it says for me, it says an angel comes to Joseph, which is a little mm, different yes. heading, but that yep. doesn't matter. Um, and my question is, what does God want your life to look like? Um, and my answer is, I think he wants it to look like Mary and Joseph, especially when I get older and hope to get married, to be uh, true to each other and to uh, live. Listen to God. I think one way to think of Mary and Joseph is role models. Like um, how Joseph listened to God and like he was trying to protect Mary by not disgracing her and going out from the home secretly and disengaging her. Yeah, just disengaging her. I like that way of saying it. Um... Divorce her. That's what I was trying to think yeah. of. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, mine is very similar to yours, actually, Ruby. Mine is uh, it was highlighting the Joseph thing too, and just like how he believed that Mary had sinned, so then he was going, so he could have outed that publicly and disgraced her publicly and made a big deal about it, but he chose to do it quietly, and I, it seems like he's showing compassion there, and I appreciate that. Um, and that's how God wants us to be, right? He doesn't he want us to just be harsh. Sad. He's like, oh, but I like Mary. Maybe. Marriage was a lot different back then, too, so it's hard to say how all that went, but it's they possible. They didn't like each other? No, they probably liked each other just fine, but, like, it's not the same as when people get married now, necessarily. They, it might have been. I don't really know, honestly. But there was a lot of arranged marriages back then. Like, you had to go th you actually had to go through the father instead of, like, in today's day, people like, like, a lot of women like their fathers to their, they have their permission asked, but, like, it doesn't actually matter. <laughs> And it's weird because I think, at least in movies, when they're dating and like the girls dating their boyfriend, and then the dad's like, "Don't think this one's a good one." Well, you're just mean and hate me. Yeah, dads don't actually have a say. Like they don't have that control anymore because yeah. people are independent now um, of that stuff. Well, you kind of have a say when we're in the house. Well, sure, but I mean, as far as the marriage is concerned, you can still mm. go get married. Once you're an adult, you can really just marry whoever you want. I really can't stop you, right? Yeah. But back then, there was a lot more that wasn't quite the same. Like, they could stop them. <laughs> go ahead, J-Fire. Um, yeah, didn't you ask my mom's dad uh, to marry her? I did. So this section, what? where are we at here? Did you say your stuff? Joseph? I, I did not say my thing. Joseph accepts Jesus as his son? I think I said mine. Yeah, I think so. Which means it's just my turn? Well, mine. Or did it... No, I... That's right. You said your thing and then I chimed in on it. Yep. Ah. Mm. 
Yeah, so from, let me just say mine just in case I didn't get it all over. So yeah, I'm uh, kind of on the same page as you, Ruby. Uh, Joseph, like the whole compassion thing, like God has called us to be compassionate to those that have um, sinned even, right? Like we're supposed to forgive and help them and stuff. We're not supposed to just drag their name through the mud and throw them out into the public, right? Now, if they've already claimed to be Christians and they're actively going against God and stuff, that's when you like, you rebuke them privately first and with a couple others. And at that point, if they're still not changing, that's when you say well you can't be here <laughs> anyway okay jfire all right the birth of jesus question what did you learn about god answer that he knows what you're thinking like he knows exactly what you're thinking at the exact time i got that from like he wanted to divorce her privately um because he thought she was uh cheating on him yes <laughs> uh and so, like, God sent an angel, like, hey, don't be afraid to take her as your as your wife. She hasn't had sex with anyone. This comes yet. from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Yep. God yes, and he did know. He knew exactly. That's why he sent that message to an angel, right? God knows what you're thinking even before you're thinking it. Yeah. He knows what decisions you're going to make. And he lets like us make I'm those decisions. Like what I'm going to tomorrow for breakfast? I mean, he probably does, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, moving on to chapter two. The first heading I have is the Magi visit the Messiah. The visit of Magi. The wise men visit. Why don't Ruby... I have the visit of the wise Nice. Ruby, why don't you start this one? Okay. Um, my question is, what did you learn about who God is? And I kind of have two answers. It's he's a protector and he's a father. And the reason these are my answers is because, um, mainly because of verse 12, is because God protects the wise men and Mary and Joseph and Jesus because he makes sure to send them not back to, um, Herod because that's dangerous because he actually wants to kill them. And, um, the reason he's kind of like a father is because I know he's a father to everyone, but he, like, I feel like he mainly shows... Well, what I think of is he's a father to Jesus because he's the son, and like how you and mom would protect us, like he protects Jesus. But I know he's protecting everyone all the time. But well, we're also children. Yeah. Well, now at least, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm kind of in the same vein. I think um, I had that one that God had all this planned out and forever ago, right? And he's fulfilling these promises, mm-hmm. um, like we saw with the prophecy that you mentioned, Rosella. You know, um. But also that he showed care to those that brought, like, that are glorifying God and glorifying his son even, right? Like the Magi. Like, we don't know their background that well, I don't think, um, or, like, what they believed or whatever. But they definitely knew that this was a big event and this person was here and they went to respect that, basically. You know, honor it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would protect them and his own son. And if he's protecting his own son and we, as the church and stuff, are the body of Christ, therefore we are also sons and daughters, he will protect us because he protects his son. That's wonderful to know that he's there to protect us. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fire, what do you got? Um, what can you learn about God? Answer, he will tell you to, or he can tell you if there's danger. Um, where I picked this from is where... Like, Herod's like, hey, tell me when the baby's born and where he's born so I can go worship him. But God knew he was a lion and he wanted to actually kill him. He was a lion? (laughs) Oh, lying. Oh, sorry. And 
So God was like, hey, you guys shouldn't go back to Herod. Just a fair warning. Because then he'll kill my son. Or God's son. Or whatever. Alright, Rosella? Um, I did not know that they said, or from you shall come a ruler. 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 Oh, from verses, for verse 6. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Which is another prophecy being fulfilled, and this one, this prophet was Micah, so a totally different prophet that said this. Yep. And that actually leads into what my note is for the next section, which is the escaped to Egypt. Mine's the flight to Egypt. Mine is the escape to Egypt, and I bet Ruby's is too. The escape to Egypt. Mine is the escape to Egypt. Alright, and my note here is that, because I highlighted the, the prophecy in this one, a voice is heard in Ramah weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more, which comes because of Herod's actions on trying to kill Jesus and therefore killing all the children that are, or all the sons or whatever that are two and younger. Um, and I love how seemingly contradictory prophecies are being fulfilled by Christ already um, on God's awesomely intricate plan. Like he has this super intricate plan and it's all seeming contradictory. It's complicated to us like it's super complex and he's working it all to his glory right but i also just love that he that god does speak to us and guide us we just need to listen right that's what they need to do god said hey go to egypt and they listen and he's willing to guide us right he's there to guide us we just need to listen to him sometimes it's not a voice or an angel showing up in a dream but we have the whole bible and if we're praying god's going to give us the information he's going to lead us (laughs) We just have to be willing to do it, which is part of the problem a lot of times, is that we don't want to actually have him tell us what to do, because we don't want to. All right, what do you got for the Egypt escape, Jade Fire? All right. All right. Um, question. What can you learn about God? Um, answer. He is beyond smart, and he can outsmart anyone. Like, um, I got that from, like, Herod is like, huh, I'm going to be smart and kill every baby in Egypt. And God's like, nope, you guys need to run. Get, go. Yep. Wait. He killed every baby somewhere. <laughs> he told them to go to Egypt. Right, that's Not what I meant. <laughs> I, I understand what you meant. It's fine. Whatever. He killed all the boys in Bethlehem. Right, he was after the the boy that was being born that would be a king and replace him is what he was afraid of. Anyway, uh, Rosella, what do you got? That God will always protect us no matter what. That's true. He will. Does that mean he will stop us from dying? Nope. Because he wants us to come to heaven. And sometimes it'll mean stopping us from doing something we wanted because it will hurt us emotionally or spiritually and he wants to protect us. And it's not necessarily that he won't stop you from dying. It's just, like, he will sometimes, but in the end, you will die eventually and it's just how it's going to be. But, like, he will, if there's a flood coming, he'll probably make sure the news knows or whatever and we'll get an alert or something. Like, we'll be protected. Yes. All right. And Ruby, what oh, did yes. you pull out of the Egypt escape? Okay, my question. Or escape to Egypt. I my keep qu- saying Egypt. Anyway. My question is, um, who are you because of what God has done? The answer is pretty simple, actually. 
it's just saved because uh, um, God saved Jesus from being killed with all the rest of the boys. And if he didn't save Jesus, then we wouldn't have been saved. I mean, he probably would have figured something else out or whatever. But, I mean, if God wasn't protecting us all the time, we wouldn't have been saved and wouldn't have all the gold. True that. All right. So then, I believe this is the first variation of sections, because I think that Rosella has, like, I know we kind of covered Herod a little bit, because in our section, the Escape to Egypt also involved the Herod massacre, but I think yours splits that up, right? You had the Escape to Egypt, Rosella, and then Herod does something. Herod kills the children. Right. So what did you pull out of that little section? That's a very dark section. Why did God let... All the babies die. Ah, uh, it's a good question. It's a tricky question, and I will do my best to answer it as best I understand. Um, so like, let's start with this question. Back at you, uh, questions I should say. Have you ever been mean, Rosella? Yes. Have you ever lied? Yeah. Hurt someone? Yeah. Are those sins that you've done? Yeah. Why has God let you do that? Because he doesn't want us to just um. A robot. Right. He doesn't want us to be robot. He wants us to choose him. He wants us to be able to have that choice, right? Yeah. So we get to choose to worship him. He's not going to control us. He's not some big control freak, right? A lot of people like to think of him. He's like, oh, he's just trying to control us. It's like, no, he's not. You can do whatever you want, but it's going to suck because you're going to go off the path that he has designed for you, right? Now, that means he's going to let Herod sin, and Herod's sin was to murder a bunch of people. Now, the real question is, if God's protecting us like we just talked about why would he let those children die is keeping us but i also did mention that protecting us doesn't mean stopping us from dying right Mm -hmm. he's protecting our souls those children we don't know who they were we don't know their families and we don't know what sins they would commit in the future or if they would ever accept jesus or god but god knows so their death now if they were never going to say be saved doesn't matter if they would have been saved then there's a good chance that they already were even at such a young age or and this is where it gets iffy because people don't really know what happens like babies and stuff when they die it's possible they still get it to go to heaven because they haven't had a chance to sin or we don't know what happens to us when we die before eternity maybe there's a point in that spiritual in-between time that we do get the unultimate choice whether to follow christ or not or maybe only those that didn't get to choose it while they were living on earth we don't really know But nonetheless, we know that God is just, right? And we know that he protects our souls. And he knows he gives us choices. So we can pretty much say that we know that God would not have let them die and go straight to hell without a chance, right? So he knows what they would have done and what their destiny would ultimately be. So if they died and they do go to hell, then he knew that that was going to happen anyway, right? Or eventual hell, because that doesn't happen right away either, I don't think. So that's my best answer. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which is actually better for them if they die and they were going to go to hell or heaven, because then they don't have to deal with the world and their consequences if they were going to go to hell. Yes. Or personally, if I came out as a baby and I was pure and I would go straight to heaven, I'd just be like, peace. Right? <laughs> I'd be like, please kill me now. Yeah, that's what you know now. <laughs> um, that This reminds me of the Passover. Um, like, the children in the houses, like, what if they believed in God, but their parents wouldn't let them put the lamb on, or the lamb blood on the door? 
Well, then I guess the firstborn still dies if the blood didn't get up there. But I'm sure if they believed in God, they were still... Like, they ultimately get a good reward in the end, right? Yeah. And they escape. Because what happened after Egypt and the Passover? Uh, Wandering the desert for 40 years. Yeah. So they wandered the desert for a long time, yeah? Would that be more fun than being in eternity or sleeping till you wake up in eternity? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> oh, well, I can take you out to a desert. Then. No, thank you. <laughs> so. My brain was off. So it like, might seem like a tragedy, but at the same time, in that particular hypothetical situation, sounds like it might be the better deal. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I'm really glad you had that section so we can talk about that because that is a tough topic and i may be off in some areas or not because again i don't really we don't really know what happens to babies but i know that god is just so i'm not like worried about what happens to them i guess all right moving on to the next section the return to nazareth my question is wait what 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 i'm sorry i was very confused okay my go go first cool may i go first you just went didn't you on your own little section. Why do you want to go first? I, I think it's his turn to go first. It's Jade Fire's turn to go first. Sorry, I went first. I went first on the Egypt. Can I go? Go ahead, Jade Fire. Anyway, the return to Nazareth. Um, that's the same title as mine. Uh, question: What did you learn about go- who God is? <gasps> Surprise. Um. Uh, answer. He can tell you to go somewhere, and you have to listen. Otherwise, like, a punishment will happen. Oh. Uh, what do you mean by punishment? Do you think God's going to come and smack you upside the head just because you didn't do what you were told? Or, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's interesting. Um, and I kind of touched on this earlier, I think. But um, I don't think that's really how God operates, interestingly enough. He doesn't come generally to just strike you upside the head or with a bolt of lightning or whatever god has plans and he's it's like it's like he designed everything as a big giant living machine and machines usually have gears and stuff that clink together perfectly right Uh, if they don't do it perfectly things get worn off or pushed out weird and break um and we are all supposed to be following those gears right we're supposed to be following the right paths and doing working in how the how the whole machine is supposed to work and god tells us what to do if we choose not to do those things then we're starting to change the direction of the gear or putting gum in the middle of it or throwing a rock in there to jam it up or whatever and we we are that rock or that gum and so then we are the thing that needs to be crushed out or scraped off and thrown out of the machine because we are screwing it all up or we're just a messed up gear that needs to be tweaked and fixed so that we can continue to do what we're supposed to do right so, like, the punishment, like, God doesn't come and go, Poosh! but we are messing up the system, and the system, like, the whole design, we are screwing up what we're supposed to do, and they're, like, God's design is so perfect that we can do whatever we want to screw it up, but we're just getting ground up by the gears then. We're not actually going to stop the machine from working, but we're going to get hurt in the process, right? Probably not physically hurt, but... Something emotionally, spiritually, there will be consequences to the things we do if we go against God. He doesn't have to punish us because he designed the world to work in a specific way. So if you don't follow him, then you're going against the flow of the world 
or like not even like not like the world is in like the worldly way but like how god does his creation you're going against creation and how it's designed to go and that's like trying to go upstream of a river that's flowing super hard it doesn't go very well right <laughs> mm -mm. so it's going to hurt more it's going to be more work it's going to be harsh until you get back into place and if you never do then it's just going to keep sucking um and so that's I mean, so it is like a punishment, but it's we're, we're just punishing ourselves, right? We're hurting mm -hmm. ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yes, we should do what he, what he wants us to do, otherwise it hurts. But it's not necessarily him going, kapow! <laughs> Why are you using kapow as the thing? Instead it of like, like a punch. Or like I was slap. punching. I was punching. I like the word kapow. Alright. Anyway, Rosella. What do you have to say about the return to Nazareth? He wants to. He wants us to know that he is always with us and he will keep us safe. Yep, he does. He is with us, right? He's always with us, and that's super comforting to know that he's always with us, because he's the creator. He designed it all, which means nothing can stop him. So, if we try, like, if somebody's trying to hurt us in a spiritual way, mostly, he's right there, and we can rely on him. We don't have to be afraid of anything. Even in physical, he is always right there. Sure, but sometimes that'll be allowed to happen. So, mm. um, Ruby, yes. What do you have? All right, my question is, um, what did you learn about God? And my answer is, um, that he fulfills his prophecies, since prophecies are prophets are well, prophets carry the prophecies, and those are what God has said, and like he fulfills what he said because he's always true and mm. never lies. Yeah. Yeah, no, he does not lie. Um, for me, um, what I kind of got out here, beyond the continuation of seemingly contradictory phrases like the Nazarene, so now, he's, now Jesus is coming from three different places, Bethlehem, Egypt, and Nazareth. And so all those prophecies are fulfilled in one person, even though they seem like they should be contradictory. But I also have that God continues to give instructions and protect which you guys have mentioned the protecting, and he's obviously telling them what to do, right? Go here, go here. Um, but he also seems to give us the information we need for the next step, not necessarily the whole picture. And I think that's an important thing to know. Like, he won't tell us the whole thing, right? Yep. But because he, he, what, he, what did they, were told? They were told they can go back now out of Egypt. But then partway through, they're like, he learned some more stuff and then told to go to Nazareth. <laughs> so like, they had the information they needed to get to this point, and then they were given more instruction to not finish going to the point that they thought they were going to go to and go a different direction. Yep. And that's, like, that happened to me and your mom, right? We we believed that God wanted us to move out of the house we were in and build a tiny house. house. And move into that. And so then we, <laughs> to do that, we got land and everything situated, but we moved in here for the for that intermediate time and then being here it became more of a permanent thing and things changed and became a much more fruitful and did you make money thing. off the land like sell it uh, more like we just basically got money back Dang. now we're on matthew chapter three john the baptist prepares the way john the baptizer for the whole chapter nah, mine's only the first chunk okay. rosella you start us off on this one um, so what I wrote is that you can be in the wild and eat bugs and still be baptized. I mean, you need to know stuff about God, but you need, don't need to know every single thing about the Bible and God. 
uh, interesting. I was, I mean, you're you're not wrong about that part. Like, you don't need to know every little detail to follow God. Um, I don't know if this pastor actually tells us that, but I do love that you're like, well, even if you're eating bugs and living out in the wilderness, you can still follow God, which is true. <laughs> And yes, he did. He was uh, he was definitely seemed to be a strange person. I just thought it was fun to put it in there. Yeah, no, that was very good. I very mean, good. that's what it like. It, I don't know if other people do this a lot, but people in our house at least, if like you don't like ketchup, but nope, she loves ketchup, Rosella. Yep. And put so you just go ew, <laughs> and so that's kind of like us with John. Bugs. It's like ew. Yeah. <laughs> but he's probably like, I, I mean, like I eat the honey, but not the bugs. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> All right, Jade Fire, what do you got? My question is, is what does he want your life to look like? Um, My answer is reading the Bible and what it means to be baptized, like repenting, like being, like having repented um, and ask for forgiveness and so on and so forth. Hmm. All right. Accepted cool. Jesus into your heart. Yeah. Although they couldn't accept Jesus into their heart yet because <laughs> they didn't know him yet. Correct. Um, I have. Mine comes mostly from what John tells the Sadducees and Pharisees after he calls them a brood of vipers, <laughs> which they did not like. Um, but it was it was talking about it. It doesn't matter that you guys call yourselves sons of Abraham, because God can even raise up sons out of rocks. Like, he can c- come up with them anywhere, which he does. Like, the Gentiles become part of the family, right? Yeah. Or uh, are, are allowed to become. Um, and my so my note, basically, is God will always fulfill his promises and plans, which he told Abraham, I will get, make your descendants more numerous than the stars, right? But also that his plans cannot be thwarted. Meaning they cannot be stopped. Nobody can stop God's plans. Even if we muck up the machine and hurt ourselves, the machine will always finish to the ultimate glory of God. Right? So we can't stop it. And it's amazing. All right, Miss Ruby, who has the whole chapter as a section. What did you pull up? I just kind of like skipped your guys' part. I didn't really pull. So, So you pulled yours out of like the second section of it? The first part. I, I pulled mine out of the first section, so I kind of just skipped. Oh, so you ca- I, see what you, I see what you're saying. The section I don't have, I just skipped. All right. Well, anyway, what did you pull out? Um, my, my question is, who does God say you are? And my answer is um, basically kind of who you say you are. If you want to follow Christ and you, that's what you say you want to be, then if you do it, then you're who you say you are, I guess. Well, you're also kind of... um. What God says you are and um, how John was following God even though he like wasn't out in the wilderness and um, that's because God said he they're asking to baptize people and so mm. um, yeah it's, it's a little harder to follow your point this time around I think and I think you even got lost in it which is fine um, I don't know if I would necessarily fully agree that God just says you are who you say you are well, I said kind of, like, basically. I know you said kind of, um, because, like, God says that we are loved, that we are his children. Now, we can choose to not be his children, and then you're just basically whatever you want. But for him, he pretty much has the two categories, children and not children. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
So, like, to him, he's like, you are my child, and I do... But, like, if you are his child, it is good to know that that's where your identity is, right? You are a part of Christ. You are God's child. You are loved. You are accepted. So, like, you don't need to find that in somebody else. Like, a lot of people look for love and acceptance and stuff from other people, but they're never going to give it to you fully, where God can, right? And he's telling you, you already are loved. You have all the love you need from me. You are accepted by me. You're no longer a sinner because you are repenting and moving on. Yes, you still sin, but you are not a sinner, right? There's a difference. Um, so it's just, it's very good for us to recognize who God says we are. That's the most important. We should recognize that. And I would encourage you to like look more and like pay attention as you're reading through the Bible. And what does God say about his people? And take that on and be like, oh, okay. I'm separate. I am sp- like, he has, he loves me. He cares for me. He protects me. We are protected. You are protected, right? That's another statement, right? Like thinking about all that stuff is really helpful, I think. Okay. In fact, I'll show you a list sometime in a book that I read. That's super helpful. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So then the next section for us at the re- for the rest of chapter three is the baptism of Jesus. I believe that's what mine says. For oh, the end. baptism of Jesus. Yeah. The baptism of Jesus is... The- nice. So for me, it was kind of just with the whole thing about John being like, hey, you need to baptize me. And Jesus is like, no, 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 you baptize me. And that Jesus is humble. He is God. He's good. He's perfect. He doesn't deny these things. He doesn't say he's not these things, right? He doesn't deny that he's God and not perfect. Like, he's like, I am perfect. I am God, right? But he doesn't go around flaunting that necessarily. But even with all that, he also submits to God's will and does not throw his weight around. Like, he's not like, hey, you have to do things for me. Or, you, yeah, you do need to be baptized by me because I'm the big shot here. No, he is the big shot. He is the most important person on the earth at that time, right? But he doesn't act like it. Or what you would think people would act like, right? He's not using that. He's not abusing that power. He's not, like, gloating. Yeah, he's not gloating. He's not boasting about it. He the, he does state things that people would think are boastful. Like, I am the Messiah. I am God. It's like, oh, big shot. But it's, it's just a fact, right? That's not boasting. He's not trying to use it as a boast either. He's just like, these are the these are true things about me. I'm here to help you. And he's also willing to be going through the baptism process, right? To show an example of what we should do. He humbled himself and became human, right? And then let himself die later, which we're not there yet, but we all know this. <laughs> so it's just good to know that even with the authority and power he had, he did not necessarily use it willy-nilly. Like when they got went to arrest him, he could have just... Did a finger gun and shot him with lightning if he really wanted to. <laughs> but he didn't. Blam! So yeah, just that humility, and that's something we should be doing too. We should be humble. Like, God had all the reason to be like, hey, hey, I'm awesome. So we definitely have no right to do it, if, especially when he didn't do that with all the right that he had. So that's that was my takeaway from that section. Um, Rosilla, what did you get from there? I did not read it because I had the extra section in it. Right. You're not there yet. I forgot. You're one behind me and Jade Fire while Ruby's ahead of everybody. All right, Jade Fire, what do you got? Question. What can you learn about God? Surprise, surprise. Um, Answer that God sent his son to do stuff that um normally a servant does. Like, um, he's not down here to be like, hey, do this, do that, do that, blah, 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 blah. He's down here to help. And serve others. Yes, like a servant. That's good. I don't know how you necessarily got that out of that section, but you're not wrong. <laughs> how did I not... How... I didn't see where he was serving anybody in this. Oh! Yeah, he wasn't... Like, 
Um, he was baptized, even though that's not normally. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, and yeah. I agree with that I he was definitely he were... was. I think better for this. I mean, you're not wrong. Like I said, but for this section, it seems more like he's at least showing us an example of what we're supposed to. do. Which I mean, he does when he serves. The when he serves, that's yeah. also the example that we're supposed to follow. Yes. All right. Now for section, another section from Matthew four that Ruby has apparently. Section eight for her. No. For for us. Yeah, it'll be section our next. Seven. It'll be our first section. Well, it'll be mine and your first section next time. Whereas Rosella will have the one we just did for her first section. All next time. of you guys here should at least know what this one's about. It's Jesus tempted by the devil. Oh, I, I was so disappointed when we didn't get that one. We'll be there next time. Okay. Um, my question is, who does God say you are? And my answer is, um, strong. You can't be perfect like Jesus, but you can be strong like him. Like, you can't be perfect, but you can persevere and be, um, not, like, strong, like, physically, but not being tempted and enduring it, and, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. That's very good. All right. Well, that was awesome, guys. Thank you for participating, especially after the hindrance we had with uh, the recording. Um, uh, what do you think that God is asking of you to try to apply to your lives for like like this week? What What do you think He's really like? Everything we talked about. Did you learn anything that you think you really need to try to change in your life to be better, to be more like God, and to be following? god better mine was compassion to be more gentle and compassionate to those that i might view as enemies or who are sinning or whatever and to give them a chance because maybe i'm wrong like joseph was wrong about mary she had not sinned in that instance so that's mine to be patient and slow to judgment i guess I think mine's actually going to be what I just read now to be, like, strong and not to be tempted by mm. the devil or just sure. anything. Sure. Absolutely. That's a good one. Um, probably mine from, uh, John the Baptist, uh, prepares the way. What does your, he want your life to look like? Um, reading the Bible and what it means to be baptized. Okay. I, sh- I think I should work on the baptism and reading the Bible more. And understanding. Yeah. Okay. I think mine would be, like, to be less afraid of... Sure. Of anything, right? Because we should only be fearing one thing. God. Correct. And technically not be like, oh, there's God, ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, he's the only one who has the actual power to do, do to something to our soul, which is the most important piece, right? Yeah. Very good. All right. I will close this out in prayer. All right. Dear God, thank you so much for um, this chance for me to study the your word uh, with my children um, and to discuss it and to learn from it and grow from it. Um, I just I pray that we continue to be diligent in it and faithful to our um, to reading it every day. Um, whereas I know some of us may have like read it uh, read a couple chapters in one day because we missed a day or whatever. Um, and uh, I just pray that we we stay on top of it and we do get better about reading it every day. Um, and that we uh, also don't have any more <laughs> mishaps with um, uh, recordings getting just lost. <laughs> um, but even if that's the case, we just will persevere and go through uh, these trials <laughs> um, as the enemy tries to maybe get in the way of it. Um, I pray that we are able to rest well tonight. Um, and that we have another good, solid week going forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.